Before we start this edition of Cast Iron on Machine Heads of the Blackening, we would like to take a moment to discuss recent developments in metal that specifically revolve around Machine Heads Rob Flynn and Pantera's Phil Anselmo. At the most recent Dime Bash, a celebration of the life of Dimebag Daryl Abbott, Anselmo decided to bid attendees farewell by giving a Sieg Heil salute and screaming white power. This is not the first time Anselmo has been caught being racist in public, but it is the first time he's come under such heavy criticism. His biggest critic was Rob Flynn, who was also performing at the event. Flynn also goes on to say that a conversation backstage resulted in Anselmo saying he hated the nigger era of Machine Head. Obviously, Flynn decries Anselmo's actions, and goes on to say that he's used the word in the past and has rightfully been punished for doing it. The reason why we mentioned this before this edition of Cast Iron is because there's a song on the blackening called Slanderous, where Flynn actually uses this slur and we rightly criticise him for it. However, we also recorded this podcast prior to the events of Dimebash, so bear in mind Flynn's recent words, where he openly regrets using the term. For the record, Anselmo has now apologised for his actions as well. Thank you for your time, and on with the show. Welcome to Cast Iron, a podcast all about metal. It is 2016. The nights are very dark in winter. And so appropriately, we are listening to Machine Head's The Blackening. Wow! It's like a spit in the eye of a dead man's face. the face of a man not yet in his grave. So, Lewis, how are you? Not bad, fella. Yourself? I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm just back from a run. I'm a bit annoyed that my super-duper Apple Watch gadget keeps crashing when I go for runs and it won't tell me my heart rate. So it's the ultimate in first-world problems. Um, <laughs> but as you know, it's traditional for me to go for a run to whatever metal album <laughs> we're listening to. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I've been uh, pretty much tanning this all week, it's got to be said. Um, found it cheap on Discogs and, yeah. So added you're brand, it, you're to brand new to this, aren't you? You're you're new to the new to the blackening. I am. Um, I only previously had um, through the Ashes of Empires and Burn My Eyes mm-hmm. on uh, CD. So that's that's basically the extent of my machine head knowledge. Um, I have an interest in the band. I think I appreciate them more for what how sort of influential they are to sort of modern metal um, yeah. than than I you know a fan I suppose. Um, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was an interesting listen. It's got to be said. Um, so I guess we should give a bit of background to Machine Head. So they are, um, I guess you could call them a, a groove metal band. Probably call them a groove thrash um, metal type band. Yeah, or... so, well, I'm going to say they are definitely now a metalcore band. But metal, um, you're gonna, You think they're metalcore? No? Yeah, yeah, wow. very much so. Um, but I think they definitely have roots in thrash. Uh, they definitely get a sort of a Bay Area sort of sound to them. And uh, as they progress, they bring in um, their rather much maligned new metal phase. <laughs> yeah, I uh, haven't. I, I, I know you to, we talked about it before we started the podcast, um, mm. and it was Supercharger and something And the else. Burning Red is the yeah, other one. Yeah, but um, I, uh, I dodged those. That, in fact, they're not <laughs> even in my iTunes collection. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I deliberately avoided them. 
basically they do two sort of you know straightforward sort of thrash groove metal albums burn my eyes and the more things change then there's the burning red and supercharger and then they sort of return to their roots and um get a bit more metal corey as uh through the ash of the empire in 2003 and then obviously the blackening in 2007 uh, okay had... so just to just to clear it up what, what would you mean what do you mean by metalcore um i would their their rhythms are very chuggy um very sort of one notey very no one nor one chordy really um but i would say we, we've been listening to the same band yeah because <laughs> it's well, not I, i've never heard them described as a metalcore band generally they get described as groove metal or thrash metal um, i've got to say um I, I was listening to the you know i've been listening to the blackening pretty much non-stop for the last week and I definitely all the all the rhythm is very sort of and I'm just like yeah this is this is metalcore <laughs> mm, I mean like they flourish it with ro- lovely leads and solos and they do have very noticeable um you know riffs that are very mel- melodious but I think a lot of the core especially in like the verses and things like that is um is that sort of uh, one chord uh, rhythm that uh, sort of permeates mm-hmm. a lot of it, um, but that's just something I've picked up on. Really, I think if you were if you were coming into Machine Head fresh, I think you would definitely notice that they were a very accomplished uh, sort of traditionally sounding metal band. Yeah, because uh, I I do think it is quite traditional, and as you said, there's definitely that Bay Area Metallica thrash sound to it. Mm-hmm. Um, even to the point where, depending on the, the release of the Blackening you have, it's got a a cover of Battery on it. Um, yeah, yeah, and I would see them as a continuation, but also an evolution of that style. But I think there's enough, there's enough flourish and fun and interesting riffiness in there that I wouldn't want to tarnish them with the. the I'm not of saying that metalcore <laughs> is a bad genre. I'm just saying that I think they probably lean a little bit more on it now than they than they perhaps used to. I think "Burn My Eyes" and the "More Things Change" are definitely sort of thrashier sounding records, and definitely, mm-hmm. like you say, more of a continuation of that Metallica sound. Whereas I think as as they've gone through, you know, their, their their new metal phase, they've then taken on modern metal and metalcore as quite a big sort of uh, uh, influence to their sound. Personally, that's how I feel anyway. Okay, um, so I guess we should get straight into the blackening then, because uh, then you can, e- since you choose the sound clips, um, you can either <laughs> um, make it as representative of what you think is possible or what I think is possible. Um, so the first track in this is Clenching the Fist of Descent. So um, I love the build-up to this track. I love the way it opens, and it has what I would kind of call a great example of the classic Machine Head guitar tone, which is that they often use a phaser effect. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, typically for the solos in the more melodic section, and then they move into a more sharp and punchy standard riffing style. But I really like the way they have toned up the guitars, and I really like that that novel use of phasers because typically you would hear it kind of warping around a solo. Mm-hmm. So I like that they've just brought it into the standard thing. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, I think it's also a really early indication of how good the mix is in this album. Yeah, it's very clear. You can hear um, pretty much yeah. every instrument really clearly. Okay, you've got great bass and drums. Everything's in balance. Mm-hmm. Lead guitars all sound really good. It's a it's a superbly produced album. Um, 
so what what do you think of this one since this is your first impression of returning to machine head um what did you think of it it's too long okay so <laughs> i have actually written yeah that it is a really long song yeah. and it is a challenging introduction to machine yeah. head if you're new to the band i think it, it's it's pretty much the album in microcosm because you've got a thrashy verse you've got a sludgy or groove metal chorus mm-hmm. and then six minutes in you've got this amazing dueling guitar solo that just comes out of nowhere and it's one of the best in the album there's a tapping and noodling but they kind of keep a lid in the solo and don't let the song totally run away with it but then about seven minutes in when the song probably should end it shifts again and then it, it drops out and people are singing and the dynamism is quite good but at that point you think wow and then it even fades out at the end as if you got this impression that the yeah. song would never end <laughs> or never I'm did i'm not end. a big fan of fades on metal songs it's, no it's, neither, it neither feels a little bit lazy um i think the thing for me personally is it is definitely a very very fun stompy metal track like mm-hmm. really groovy um so yeah i have a lot of fun with it uh but I, I was noticing an awful lot of, you know, an, an awful lot of their riffs definitely come down to that sort of one chord chugging. Through a lot of the verses and things like that. And it was a bit like, ah, oh, this is a 10 minute song. I don't know if I want to listen to that so for so long. And uh, it spends a lot of time with... Not so much the solos, but there's definitely lots of different like breakdowns. It feels like the middle eight goes on for like a song. <laughs> mm-hmm. It spends an awful lot of time just sort of messing around where it could be sort of condensing its ideas into, you know, maybe a, a five or six minute song and being really impactful and punchy and just, you know, does exactly what it says on the tin and gets to the point a lot quicker. Whereas, yeah. That, it's, that a, it's a slow clench, is isn't work. it? It's a, yeah. slow, it's a slow clench of the mm. fist of descent. <laughs> um, and I, I think it's a good song, and I enjoy listening to it the whole way through. But I do mm. think it outstays its welcome by about two or three minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that is something that is a recurring theme throughout the Blackening. Yeah, that um, um, quite a, quite a few that. of the songs um, are a little bit longer than they need to be. Um, I mean, we'll go on to talk about, um, Halo specifically, um, but it does have a radio edit and it's an interesting difference between that and, uh, main track. So I like this one. I think, I think the solo is awesome. I think they, I think the, the solo is really, really good. And these guys are also good that, um, at the same time that they've got the Metallica thrashy style, they're Mm. also quite good at Maiden-esque dueling guitar solos. Yeah. I mean... If that's your thing, I think for me personally, I, it gets a little bit self-indulgent, um, especially the solos in Halo. Like <laughs> those go on for way too long. That's like Slayer levels of stupid back and forth. Um, but right, let's well, let's well, go back well, to well, the yeah, track list for the time being. Yeah, <laughs> let's 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 not let's not skip all the way to Halo because yeah, yeah. uh, we'll have plenty to say about that. I mean, I mm. think I think yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good song, but it's a bit too long. Mm. And if you were like, oh, I should definitely listen to the Blackening, you could see people. I wouldn't blame anybody for going, oh my god, after the first song. You know? Yeah, yeah. But thankfully, the second song is "Beautiful Morning," which is a lot more um, sort of. I don't know, just just condensed. Like it's a it's a better showcase of what they're about and how well they can do, uh, how yeah. well they can songwrite. Yeah, 
um, because I, I really enjoy this. There's loads and loads of really great riffs, and it just doesn't outstay welcome, which is a really positive I, thing for me. I, I kind of imagine, and this is probably the, the podcast in which um, we will get an explicit tag on iTunes, because um, <laughs> after, after the end of the first track, uh, Rob Flynn's got a message for you, and it is... Fuck you all! <laughs> Which is <laughs> such a such a good way to open any track. It's um, but I think it, it just starts off really brutal and thrashy. And I think that mm-hmm. because the first track is so long, you need something really hard and driving to get you back into it a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think in an ideal world, they would have started with an absolute banger because that always gets your attention, doesn't it? Um, but I think because this is only an eight track album. Um, you were you always got you were always going to have long songs because mm-hmm. um, otherwise it would have you know felt like an EP. But um, personally, it's just one of those things. I think I, especially from from a beautiful morning onwards, I think it becomes very apparent that I really enjoy just Machine Head getting to the point and having mm-hmm. a lot of fun and just being a heavy band because this is very heavy as well. We haven't spoken a lot about uh, Rob Flynn's vocal style because while the man uh, well, can sing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he can, but he often chooses not to. Yeah, he's he's a pretty um, intense screamer. It's got to be said, and he's a, he's got a great scream on him. To be honest with you, it really does permeate the sound. He sounds like kind of like an angry guy at the pub. Yeah, you get that. You get a lot of those moments where he's sort of like you can hear, you can sort of hear hear him seething. You know, he sort of like yeah. s- says it through clenched teeth. It's really good. Like, <laughs> but um, <laughs> there's, totally a, there's a couple angry. of songs in this where he does clean vocals. I think they're really quite good. There's a little bit on Beautiful Morning. Mm. Um, it's more apparent on um, Now Lady Down and Halo. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but um, I think this is a this is a good wake up after clenching the fist. Yeah, oh, totally. Re- I, and I really enjoy it. It's, it's definitely one of my favourite songs of the album. So definitely one of the um, the really interesting tracks in the album is Aesthetics of Hate. Probably the one that this album's most well known for, to be honest. I would, with you. I think so, yeah. yeah. So, um, give you a bit of background to this. Um, this song, um, the title "Aesthetics of Hate," comes from an essay that was written following the murder of Dimebag Daryl Abbott, who was the main guitarist in Pantera, and then he went down to do a band called Damage Plan that basically sounded exactly like Pantera. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dimebag was murdered at a Damage Plan gig. I think a guy jumped on stage and shot him in the head a few yep, times. Yep. So after that murder, this guy called uh, William Grimm, who was writing for a um, conservative magazine called Iconoclast, um, he wrote this piece called Aesthetics of Hate, R.I.P. Dimebag Abbott and Good Riddance. Mm-hmm. So Not, um, uh, yeah, you can you can kind of tell where his stance is on this. <laughs> yeah, you can tell where his stance is. But I have um, I read the piece in preparation for this, and I thought I'd read you an excerpt of it because that's probably enough. Um, yeah, yeah, it talks about. Um, it was highly amusing and also terribly sad to watch on television fans conducting a vigil for the slain Mr. Abbott outside of the Al Rosa Villa. It was an assemblage of ignorant, semi-human barbarians who were filthy in a tyrant manner, intellectually incoherent, and above all else, hideously ugly to the point of physical deformity. Here is a definite case in which the outer appearance of these fans accurately represented the hideousness of their souls. That the physical deformity of their ugliness was self-inflicted makes the spiritual tragedy of their misspent lives all the more tragic. But one can see why the heavy metal fans so closely identified with Mr. Abbott. He was an ignorant, barbaric, untalented possessor of a guitar and large amplifier system. Freakish in appearance, 
more simian than human. He was the performer of a type of entertainment that can be likened only to a gorilla on PCP. Lacking subtlety, wit, style, emotional range, and anything approaching even the smallest iota of intellectual or musical interest, Mr. Abbott was part of a generation that has confused sputum with art and involuntary reflex actions with emotion. God almighty. <laughs> it um, is pure troll bait. It is and then he so goes bad. on to talk about that, um, that um, you know, that... Well, he actually goes on to say, you know, that matters of taste are not a subject for argument. And then he talks about, it, you know, Haydn versus Beethoven, which says they're obviously, obviously they're much better than Dimebag Daryl. And then he talks <laughs> about how children haven't obeyed the Ten Commandments. It's like, if you wanted to write a piece like, of greater ignorance about heavy metal in that culture, mm. I think it would be it would be difficult to do that willfully. Like it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's a masterclass and, and how not to it, write about music or culture. <laughs> I love how as well it's like it's basically someone who has been told about heavy metal from someone and is writing a piece on it. It's it's all the stereotypes you could possibly like sling at someone, and it's yeah, just, it's, it's just it's just rubbish, hideous, lazy. I don't want to say journalism, but writing. Yeah, um, uh, it's a bit like um, whenever the the Brass Eye special on um, pedophilia came on TV, <laughs> yeah, lots yeah, of politicians much. lined up to condemn it, and most of them admitted they hadn't actually seen the TV show they were criticizing. But anyway, yeah, yeah. back to the point. After reading this article, Rob Flynn from Machine Head, who was good friends with uh, Daryl Abbott, was not best pleased, um, and um, he wrote the song to send a message to Grimm, implying "fuck you." Yeah, and he wrote a post on Machine Head's message board, and it said. Um, what would you know about love or values what would you know about giving to the world all that you know is teaching prejudice and your heart is as black as the ignorant filthy and hideously ugly heavy metal fans you try and paint in your twisted fictitious ramblings it's because of people like you that there are Nathan Gales in this world presumably he's the guy that killed uh, Dimebag not the Dimebags and metal musicians who work to unite people through music so that's what Aesthetics of Hate is about Um, and Given the subject matter, it's quite appropriate that it starts off really thrashy and full of rage. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a damn angry song. It's got to be said, and it's it it's brilliant, really. Um, I mean, if you're gonna um, yeah. if you're gonna use something for an influence, uh, you know, as an influence to a, to an angry song, then uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that piece of writing is definitely uh, certainly the thing you want. Um, but yeah, aesthetics of hate. I absolutely adore this song. Uh, it is full of the catchiest machine head riffs that you could possibly want. And the chorus is, despite being completely screamed, incredibly memorable. <laughs> like, I it's hope just you a, fucking burn. <laughs> <laughs> just a um, really, really solid, really good metal song. And uh, yeah, it's if you want something angry to jump around to, it's possibly um, like one of the best examples of they it. <laughs> got a, they got a Grammy nomination for the best metal performance for this. Um, and I think that they, I think that, even though it's good to begin with, I think about midway through it becomes something really remarkable. And the the dueling solos in this are absolutely incredible. Mm, it's like it's, it's it's easily among the best guitar solos I've ever heard. It really takes your breath away every time. Mm. Um, it's it's a really excellent excellent song. Yeah, yeah, it's a good it, it, it it's a really good example of just how brilliant all the musicians in Machine Head are. Yeah, um, I mean, I think I actually think they're quite an underrated band. Um, yeah, I definitely. I think I think it's because they sort of you know, we we should probably talk about new wave of American heavy metal because yeah, yeah. that was a sort of 
uh, a movement that sort of happened in the early 2000s and sort of you know lasted up until the mid 2000s and it in, and it sort of encapsulates bands like Trivium, All That Remains, God Forbid, Kill Switch, Avenged Sevenfold, and Machine Head are pretty influential to that like movement in particular. I think mm-hmm. a lot of those bands cite Machine Head as massive influences, and I think unfortunately by this point with the blackening and you know the through the ashes of empire they were kind of competing against them and not mm-hmm. being the influencer anymore so i think they do just sort of get lost in that scene in a in a bit of an unfortunate way um but yeah like like we've said um amazing musicians and aesthetics of hate is an absolutely brilliant example of how fantastic they can be uh good glad we like that one mm-hmm. so then after that we get to calm down a bit and we listen to now lay thee down Um, and this is a slower paced track and again you've got that really nice phased guitar mm-hmm. creeping in yep. um, see again I think this is a really good groove metal riff that comes in um, it's a slow it's a slow headbanger kind of one yeah yeah I think the slower pace means it's not like as um, exciting I think I th- it's a strange one I think this one feels like a skipper for me it's not particularly yeah. a bad song by any means it's a good song but I think because you've just come off the back of two absolute belters, to have like this sort of a slower pace, like just sort of a, uh, there's a good groove to it, but it's like you you're just sort of nodding along and not headbanging along. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, yeah, actually, whenever I went to revisit the Blackening um, as part of this podcast, mm. um, it had stuck in my memory as one of my favorite ones. Um, but it has actually gone down a little bit in my estimation. Um, I I still think it's a good track. I think the the chorus is really good, mm-hmm. um, and I really like the I really like the middle section in this. Again, they're they're very good at doing the kind of um, the kind of middle sections, the kind of solos that I like, mm-hmm. um, and I really like the solo in this. And I think it fits really well. Yeah, um, yeah I can see I, that. And they've just kind of churned out great solo after great solo in this album. And they all seem so so appropriate, and they don't really outstay their welcome. But I I think I like things in the on the slightly on the edge of uh going too far um i mean I, I really like it i don't think it's the best track in the album by any means but i think it's um it's it's a reasonable change of pace yeah i think um especially at you know the, this is essentially the middle of the record now you've had three you know at proper full-on metal songs mm-hmm. and then to have like uh had to have a break i think is probably a good idea i think it's just tarnished a little bit because i'm not too keen on the flow at this point because we've had that very long song then two you know fast absolute bangers and then and now now we're having another slow one again it's just yeah i think i think it's the pacing for me is kind of Um, spoiling it a little bit they actually do they do a similar thing in the two albums that follow which are um onto the locust is the next one and Mm -hmm. this track locust is quite a slow one they also did in their latest album bloodstone and diamonds with a song called ghosts will haunt my bones that i Mm -hmm. really really like but again it's a a slightly slower one um Mm -hmm. we'll talk about their later albums after this but um, Yeah, yeah yeah um I think it's an okay change of pace, but I I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of this one. Not my favorite, but you know, wouldn't yeah, wouldn't skip I, it. I think it's all right. Like it's it's uh, <laughs> I'm not um I'm not against it by any means, but I, as <laughs> <laughs> I, I I am actively against this song. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's there's some good groove to it, but it's um I think the change of pace is uh is kind of I don't know, bringing me down a little bit. Uh, okay, well, let us let us try and bring you back up because the next track on the album is Slanderous. Thank <laughs> you. 
this has the worst lyrics. <laughs> this has the worst lyrics. <laughs> so if you want an example, um, basically what Rob Flynn is trying to do in this is that he's trying to say that he, when he comes under criticism or people insult him, that it basically fuels him and he turns it into a positive and whatever name you can throw at him, he's just going to ignore you and get on with his life sort of thing. But unfortunately, what he does is he actually uses an awful lot of slurs that probably have been aimed at him or whatever at some point. But Some, some of them definitely haven't. No, and that's the, these are the ones I want to come to. So there's a verse here. I'm a redneck and faggot, the arsehole ignoramus, a wetback and a nigger, and I raise my <laughs> yeah. middle fingers so those that murder us silence us. It's... Uh, I can see what he's trying to do, and I can see that he's not trying to be offensive, but I just don't think he should be using these words. I think um, I I get the point. I mean, I I, I think it's like it's like um, they don't care about us by Michael Jackson. That song uses Jewish they, slurs. They kick me, kick me, don't yeah, you black yeah, and white yeah. me, and. Yeah. Again, nobody in that position should be using those that sort of terminology, but he's not using them in an offensive way. He's using them to sort of decry them, and yeah, it's it's a bit of a it's, it's trying a, to be a rallying cry. Yeah, it's trying to be a rallying cry for people who, um, you know, have been cast aside by society because he says, "I'm a meth head and alky, dumb cunt, been called a junkie, a retard and a pussy. I embrace the names you call me, but calling somebody a retard and a pussy is very different to a racial slur. Yeah. And I think that's that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of using retard as well as a term. Uh, well, no, but something although that he's Americans... not either, based on the content of the song, he's <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah. Um, um, but it's just it's just one of those things. That I, I was like, I was listening to it, and I'm hearing the words, and I'm like. I'm sure he's not meant to be being offensive, but it does upset yeah. me a little bit. <laughs> but having um, said that, it's a shame because it's one of the best riffs in the album. Yeah, uh, it really it's, is. It's, like, it's, music, it's, musically, it's super fun. And like I think this is my favourite solo on the record, actually, um, on Slanderous as well. There's a really damn good solo. <laughs> I think it's my um, favourite riff on the album. I just think it's an absolute barnstormer. Yeah, yeah. It's easily it's, one of my favourite metal riffs ever, and it is, um, it's a real shame about yeah. the lyrics. It's, that, is, that is what I come away with with this song. It's like, it's a really damn good song, but it's unfortunately tarnished by some pretty naff lyricism on Rob Flynn's part, unfortunately. I think, I think naff is fair. I wouldn't yeah. say it's offensive. I think it's just unfortunate. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, I, it's, he's not trying to be offensive. offensive so. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's, definitely, he's definitely not endorsing those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I'm trying to think what album we were in before. We had... Uh, we had the sixth, we had it. Um, they were. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? I think it's a shame as well because when you were reading that forum post um, that he left, that's very well articulated. And yeah, very, yeah, know, very clever. And when you read the lyrics to things like Slanderous, it's like, well, hang on, how has that come from the same person? That doesn't seem strange. This is just as little. This is not as well thought out. It's like he has the right idea, but his delivery isn't particularly well versed. Whereas, I mean, honestly, yeah. their their lyrics are 
never good. It's definitely the the weak spot of of Machine Head. Yeah. And indeed, most metal bands that well, are that otherwise thing, excellent, like lyrics always kind of suck. I don't think mm. they have to. Um, I mean, there's there's very few people I would consider to be really good metal lyricists, apart from I don't know, obviously Anders Frieden from In Flames because he basically yeah, writes yeah. poems. He's very good. Um, but um, yeah, unfortunate. Because yeah, it's a really, it's it's a really fun track. Yeah, oh, totally, totally. I Luckily, he's kind of screaming and slurring. So when he says, <laughs> you know, I love you, it turns like, <laughs> so it's not like, it's not super clear. Um, and personally for me, I don't find it that annoying. It's only when I went and looked up all the lyrics, I was like, oh dear. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things because like up until this point, I wasn't really they weren't really sort of um in the forefront of my mind but when you when i when i was listening to this song i can hear the slurs and i can hear the terms and it's like mm-hmm. yeah this is the first time i've been aware of your lyricism and it's not good which is not something you particularly want <laughs> it tends to happen with metal at least i find it once you look up the song lyrics you can't unhear them and they yeah. make sense but up until that point you can be blissfully ignorant for a long time yeah uh especially with um, screamier stuff with death metal. Mm, definitely. Um, so perhaps if you're listening to this album for the first time, just don't look up the lyrics. Just, <laughs> just, just, just play through and go, yeah, slanderous. Yeah. Well, they already know them now. We've just read loads out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Spoiler warning. <laughs> listen to the music is the, is the good... Uh, yeah, listen, listen to the music because the music's really, really good. The first, the first 20, 30 seconds of the song, anyone can enjoy. Mm, oh, absolute mosh. Um, so, um, shall we move on to Halo then? We should, we should. So, um, again, this opens with a nothing but a, a stonking bass riff mm-hmm. and these sitar-esque jangly guitar lines and it gradually builds in intensity, yep. builds up and up and up, and then it just explodes into this totally awesome uh, heavy metal riff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like really sludgy and groovy and fat and beefy. It's awesome. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's really good. Um I'd but, say this is the best chorus on any song yeah. on the entire record. Um, I think this is where you get a good example of how how melodic and musical and how good their singing can actually be. Mm-hmm. He gets to almost like a falsetto at some point in this song as well, and it's like, wow, you're a really impressive vocalist, and you're not doing yourself justice. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this is it. Like, Rob, Rob Flynn is not a bad singer. He just chooses to be bad quite a lot of the time. <laughs> um, the chorus is amazing, and it's another really good riff because mm-hmm. you've got the... Um, You've got the riff for the verses, and it's really good. And it's, then it changes into another really, really good riff for the chorus. Yeah, the the, the what I like about the the riff in the chorus in particular as well is um, they actually both guitarists are sort of um, it, they're almost doing lead work together. Yes. Um, yes. So there's not really sort of like a, a rhythm guitar in the um in the in the chorus in particular, and it, it's really quite striking actually. There's nothing really like it on the rest of the album. I mean, the solos come you know into a similar sort of vein but to actually have that sort of um musicality in the chorus is really quite interesting actually yeah that's it's it's really it's really nice and you could see somebody putting that in as a solo mm. and they just sort of flick it in as a as a chorus line 
Um, so you're not a big fan of the the middle section, or I guess you maybe want to call it the last the last third because yeah. it does take about six minutes to actually get to the the end bit. Um, it, I've written so. in particular in my notes here that I, I, too much time is spent on the solos. I think they spend they, they go overkill when they're dueling in nah. this one, um, which is a bit of a shame because then, like we said before, they're fantastic musicians. Like they can solo till the cows come home, but I think they have soloed until the cows come home on this on this song particular. And I also find I, I got to this point in the record. And I'm like, Machine Head's writing style seems to be a little bit slapdash. I think they write mm-hmm. lots and lots of riffs and just sort of stitch them together and not really write a cohesive song. I've, there's lots of like passages, especially in the end of this song, where they just keep adding riffs. And it's like, all right, lads, you're obviously very adept musicians, but we really don't need another refrain or another bridge or another middle eight that yeah. just goes on for this long. It's, it's It seems a bit... They, they're, so, they're making it long for the sake of it being long. I think, like, so the way I feel about it is, it's really, really good. You get to the solos. They're totally awesome and totally perfect. And I love that you're like, how are they going to finish this off? And you can obviously cut this over with the original song, so I'm not just um, <laughs> <laughs> saying doodly-doo into the microphone. Yeah, but yeah. it's the bit when it goes... <laughs> just perfect that fits so well and then after they've played the chorus riff again um then it cuts out and then he starts doing falsetto and it's like why is this here and then then it comes back in with the chorus again but it's a bit slower and they've got a different riff over it and then it drops out again and then there's this like kind of drum roll bit with more bits this is what i'm saying and then and then it goes back into the main riff again and then i'm like oh i just i i really like halo but I feel like we could have done with everything after they... It should have just go... <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, end. I can hear it. So, yeah. Six or seven minutes. And that, that would have done me. Yeah. Um, now, okay, so what's really interesting is, or at least I think it's really interesting, is that there is a radio edit of Halo, and it is five minutes long. Mm. And it gets rid of all the bits that I like. <laughs> oh, really? So, oh, that's interesting. So, for the, so okay, so for the radio edit... Um, it cuts out pretty much the entire build-up bit. So the first two minutes are gone. goes wow. into the main bit, and it goes verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Cuts the entire solo section. Yep. Goes into the falsetto, and then kind of wraps it up a bit with the, the drum roll in the end bit. And that is oh. pretty much... The, so it, it cuts out what I think is the, the be, perhaps the best bit of the song, yeah. but it leaves in all the end bits that are the not interesting ones. And if you listen to the radio edit... It just sounds like a generic metal song. Yeah. You wouldn't understand what I think makes Machine Head so good. That's um, a real shame. Which is that, that dynamic build-up and that really excellent solo at the end. And it's so strange. It's like a really, it's really. I think it's really interesting from a creative decision point of view. But I think it's totally the wrong creative decision. I think it's not a creative decision. I think what happens with radio edits in particular is they choose everything where the vocals are um, to mm-hmm. highlight because I've definitely heard in you know. Where, where at some point in my life um, that radio specifically favours songs with you know almost non-stop vocals. I think if you mm-hmm. listen to a song on the radio, there is always someone singing at any given point in the bridge, in the chorus, whatever. There's you don't really have instrumental breakdowns on the radio. I think people lose interest. Um, so radio okay. edits are made in 
made specifically to highlight vocals, which is a shame because Halo... It's unfortunate for Machine Head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Halo is not a song made of vocals. You know, there are... There's, no, a, very, there's, a, very, yeah. oh, there's a very good ebb and flow and some amazing instrumentals and solos that are so important to that song. So, yeah, that's a real shame. I'll have to listen to it because that sounds a bit... Like they've ruined. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I would absolutely say ruined. And mm-hmm. I think the take-home message for the listeners is that if you have only listened to the radio edit of Halo and didn't like Machine Head, for God's sake, <laughs> go back and listen to it properly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, I think this could, like, I think it's a really outstanding metal song, but it's just a wee bit too long. Yeah, and that's so, that's so unfortunate. It's, that's it's, it's the same again with. Clenching the Fist of Descent, and yeah, yeah it's, it, there's a lot of songs in this album where I feel like, again, really good metal songs to just go on too long, far too long. But if you if you cut that to seven minutes, that for me would be the best track in the album. Yeah, I could see that totally, and it's the most like um, dynamic. Should do an Alan, well. should do an Alan edit because I'm sure <laughs> I could figure out which note it is in my guitar I need to play. <laughs> Excellent. Um. But uh, yeah, so the way it was meant to be played. So mm. after that, we go on to Wolves, or as Rob Flynn likes to pronounce it, Whoa! <laughs> um, oh! I think um, this is probably my least favorite track on the album. I think there's nothing wrong with it, but it just kind of sounds like more of the same. Yeah, I'm in a similar... I think it loses its way around sort of four and a half minute mark. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's a very clear, there's a very clear riff where it's like, oh yeah, this is winding down. And it's like, no, no, it's going to go on for another four minutes. And it's just like... Uh, it's God, like, it is nine minutes long. Good grief. Yeah, it's... It, it's There's a really sort of overly long breakdown section mm-hmm. where there's, there's... I don't think... If there is a solo, it doesn't really sort of make its mark on this song it there's it spends the, the last almost half of the song sort of like with these breakdowns and yeah and it's like all right we get it you want people to mosh but like like this this album's really long they're gonna have plenty of time to exactly that exactly um yeah no it's a shame really because it's again it's not there's nothing particularly wrong with it it's just it, no, it it's just, like it, it's it's fine. It's just like I say, it's just not particularly memorable. And actually, um, whenever we went to record this, I was like, oh god, I don't know, I can't remember Wolves or Farewell to Arms at all. And it's because <laughs> I've always, it's because I've stopped listening to the album after Wolves. Yeah, it's um, it definitely gets that way, doesn't it? It's I I definitely felt this was a sort of overly long song, and it probably could have wrapped itself up halfway through. Um, it's the kind of song where if you heard it live, you'd be like, oh okay, and then you would get bored in the middle of the song live. Yeah, it's it's like. It's not even their best riffs either. It feels like, no. you know, this is... All right, we need to get another song in here, lads. <laughs> yeah, anybody got a riff? B-side, B-side grade, maybe that's yeah. a harsh but fair way of describing it. Yeah, no, I think it's fair. <laughs> so what do you think of A Farewell to Arms, which is the last track on the album? Always Again, I'm gonna. I hate repeating myself, but it's just a really long, drawn-out sort of conclusion to the record, and it doesn't really grab me in any way. I don't think 
there wasn't any particular melodies or riffs that really sort of stood out at me. I think I could feel they were winding down. They needed it to be that sort of, you know, epic, grandiose closer that so many albums sort of favour instead of just just rock out, man. You're a metal band, rock out. Um, <laughs> I, I I like it more than you do. Fair I enough. think it's quite similar to Clenching the Fist of Descent and Halo in that it is too long. Mm. Um, but I think it's quite a good ending to the album. I once it gets going, which does take about two or three minutes, I think the so, I think the chorus is really strong. Okay. Um, I think it's probably the next the next best chorus after Halo. Um, yeah. And I think it works pretty well. I think the solos are good, but not the best. But it is ten minutes long. Yeah, that is the problem. I think I just lost interest by this point. You know, it's like I have listened to this album about four times now, and it's like <laughs> I don't. <laughs> don't remember farewell to arms <laughs> it was so long <laughs> mm. oh, such a shame such a shame well, I, I i listened to that song about 10 minutes before we started recording this podcast i don't remember <laughs> farewell to arms. there we go see look i'm <laughs> so, not alone um, in my yeah. opinion here no no uh, I, I i i i don't know i would i wouldn't i wouldn't turn off the album until it was over but i wouldn't necessarily remember that i've been listening to it for the past 10 minutes it's a strange one, um, this album. It feels almost like we're listening to The Poison a little bit. Because it's like, it shows all this promise. There's all these like, uh, really good riffs. But not <laughs> like, really good songs. It's a bit of a strange record. I mean, there are some really good songs on this one, don't get me wrong. I, st- I still out. feel bad for The Poison. That was when I stopped enjoying this podcast. I was like, oh yeah, The Poison's one of my favourite albums. I listened to it and I was like, it's not good. <laughs> I was ex- See, this is the thing. I was expecting The Blackening. Because you... You, you hear people talk about Machine Head, and they say the Blackening is their defining record. Like that's their magnum opus. It's and it's generally seen as one of the best metal albums ever. Yeah, um, and it's like the Roadrunner Records said it was their album of the century. Bloody um, <laughs> album of the de- album of the decade from Metal Hammer. Christ. Um, and they yeah won the best album at the metal hammer golden gods awards over oh God. what was Lamb going on that God. year that, that this, this this won over <laughs> well they um, got beaten to the like, grammys by slayer and i think it was a song off um christ illusion which i'm not familiar with uh, i really like christ illusion but that's for yeah, okay. uh, that's a conversation for another time but <laughs> yeah anyway like let's let's talk about this as a whole then how like, how do you feel about the blackening as an album i think it's um close to a masterpiece really yeah, I think it's I think it's a really awesome album, but it's kind of like Death by a Thousand Cuts. I think I really I really like it. Um, I whenever I chose this, I wasn't sure whether to pick this or Locust because it's really good, and I think their latest album, Bloodstone and Diamonds, is really really good as well. It was one of my favorite albums of twenty fourteen. Mm. I think I think taken as a whole, it's very strong, but it's not quite all time classic. I just I just think it's good. I think. Yeah, it's like there's a lots of really good riffs and really good ideas here. There's obviously mm. a very, um, a very high caliber of musicianship within this band, and they put some fantastic melodies and solos and riffs out there. Um, but I just feel like it's a little bit haphazard in the way it's structured. It doesn't feel like it flows very well. Lots of the songs are too long, and it just it, it feels like they just want to rock out and be a heavy band and it's like all right you can do that but do it in half the time <laughs> it, to me it's it's like they're on the cusp of going between a thrash band and trying to become more progressive and intelligent and that's where something like slanderous sums up the album quite well and it's trying to be something more than they can really 
back up whether that's through their song composition or their lyrics yeah i think the lyrics really let that one down personally but um yeah it's like it's a solid record don't get me wrong and machine head are clearly a very very good metal band um but i just don't think this is structured particularly the best that i would have hoped for to be honest with you i mean i i still think it's really good i think most of the tracks in this album are really good perhaps the last two aren't like aren't as good as the other ones but if you're if you're gonna go by the um the the bullet scale where a five out of ten is a poison in terms of overall album quality that's you know that's a that's a good a good 75 percent chunk of this album this extremely long album is um it is very good yeah that's fair i mean i I think i might say 60 percent of it is pretty damn good and the other is a bit sort of forgettable um well maybe not forgettable but just drawn out um but yeah that's 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 just my opinion at the end of the day it's it's clearly a very well and accomplished sounding record but it's just um yeah pacing really problems for me it's it's just a bit of a bit all over the shop yeah i mean what i guess what confuses me is that um that you know we like i I think i like it a bit more than you do Mm. but um even i wouldn't say like i said it's close to a masterpiece yeah, what yeah, I mean yeah. is every one of the songs has certain flaws and makes it not that way. But it's interesting that it has been so critically acclaimed in the mainstream, which you don't normally get for a lot of metal albums. Yeah, so I, I can. I wonder. I, I wonder why it is so well revered because perhaps two more intelligent critics than us could. Um, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe we're just too intelligent and we just don't appreciate the nuance <laughs> oh, of the lyrics gosh. to slanderous. Come on, raise the ego in a little bit, Alan. Come on. I would like to do some further reading on the Blackening and find out why people feel it's such a classic. Because while I definitely think it's a great, or you know, a good record, maybe not great, but um, I just, yeah, I don't know. It's not. It doesn't completely grab me, and I feel it's very metalcorey as well. There's a lot of chuggy, chuggy, chuggy. Which is just yeah. you. You can clearly do better than that, lads, because like your solos are amazing and some of your melodies are fantastic. So yeah, that's me personally, anyway. All right. Well. Um, okay. So. <laughs> um, so what would you recommend people listen to after this, or perhaps instead of this? <laughs> um, oh, well, first of all, first of all, uh, me to guess each other's favorite tracks. That's I a good think point. your favorite track is "Aesthetics of Hate." Yep. It is. Yay! Okay, what do you think my favorite um, track is? Halo. Oh, well, that is what I would have said until we started getting into this again. <laughs> and I think my favorite track is also Aesthetics of Hate. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> which is good that we agree on what the best track is. Um, I really, really like Halo as well, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to pick. I don't want to pick two. That's cheating. So I'll say I'll say you get you get the point because I do really like it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. It's a it's pretty much a tie between that and aesthetics of hate. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's a very fair thing. But yeah, aesthetics of hate is just an absolute banger. Like it, if you yeah, if you're gonna write an angry metal song, then goddamn like just you've got to get you've got to get it on at least the same level of as hey otherwise just don't bother <laughs> that was probably maybe that's why it's so well revered because that was the first single off the album yeah there is a fair point um, um it's a very it is just a very striking song and again because it's so heavy and so screamy it's really surprising that it's so catchy it's <laughs> so yeah 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 but there you go all right all right so um with that in mind um what are your recommendations right okay Cool. So, recommendations. First up, I am going to recommend a Soulfly album. 
because okay. I love me some Max Cavalera, and um, I'm sure a lot of other people do as well. Um, but yeah, Soulfly, bit of a strange career. They start off as a kind of new metal band and get a lot more thrashy and groovy as things go on. So I'm going to pick a late-era Soulfly album. I'm going to pick their eighth record, Enslaved, um, which is very similar in style to The Blackening in that it's uh, sort of a much more... Heavy metal, traditionally inspired album, but it's a lot. It's very groovy and obviously a lot more thrashier um, and uh, completely screamed as well. Um, a really good record and quite underrated, I think. I think people kind of lost interest in Soulfly, um, which is a bit. Yeah, they wouldn't. You, they, you wouldn't. I wouldn't pick them out as being a particularly. Um, there wouldn't be something I'd normally go for. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, honestly, that that record is. Um, Possibly, I think it's probably their best, and like I say, it's their eighth in their in their discography. So you know, it comes pretty late into their career. Um, but yeah, really good, really good album. And then the other one I'm going to suggest is um, so this is a UK album. Uh, it's a bit of a strange one because it's like a, almost like a UK underground supergroup. Uh, they're a band called This Is Menace, and their first album, No End in Sight, is the one I'm going to recommend. So This Is Menace are made up of um, members of Pitch Shifter, actually. Like Corley. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Pitch Shifter um, takes me back to Test Drive Five days. <laughs> but um, every song on the record is sung by a different vocalist, and they're all picked from you know different different bands. So Colin Duran from Hundred Reasons features on one of them. Um, I can't remember if Mikey or Justin from Six features on one on that album, but he, he, they definitely appear on one. They have two albums, and I'm trying to remember the vocalists off the top of my head now. Um, it would be better if I had it to hand, wouldn't it? But uh, yeah, it's a very groovy, very thrashy record. Um, it's like it has this lovely scuzzy, crunchy guitar tone that runs all the way through it. It's just really heavy, um, but there's obviously that sort of catchy, um, groovy element to it that's uh, very similar to Machine Head as well. So I thought that was why that would be a good pick as well. So there you go. Cool. That's a couple of interesting choices that I've written down. <laughs> okay, so uh, mine are, I've tried to pick things in the same sort of sphere as Machine Head. So my first one is an album by Lamb of God, mm-hmm. and the album is Sacrament. Now, interestingly, I didn't know this until um, we started recording this, but um, Sacrament uh, was the album, up. it was released the same time as The Blackening, and it um, they lost the Grammy to Machine Head with oh, Aesthetics right. of Hate. Wow. So... Um, Anybody that knows me will know I'm a really big Lamb of God fan, um, and their latest album, uh, which is called Storm and Drang, is uh, was one of my absolute favorites of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're new to Lamb of God, you've basically got two albums to choose for. There's either Ashes of the Wake, yep, um, but I've gone for Sacrament, which is it is groove metal supreme, yeah, yeah, amazing drums throughout, really heavy moshy brittle stuff you got songs like i uh, walk with me in hell is a great opener yeah yep. um, you've got like redneck and pathetic um descending really really good album really fun um just something to, to, to mosh and bash people about too yeah, um, yeah definitely. i saw them i saw them live um supporting megadeth last year um, oh cool to be honest with you i went to see lamb of god um, <laughs> megadeth were very good too um but um i mainly went to see lamb of god and they didn't yeah, disappoint yeah. I've definitely seen um, Lamb of God. I saw them at Download in 2007. Uh, the same year as Machine Head as well, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I have seen both bands live. Uh, but yeah, very, very good band. Uh, I'm a big. I'm pretty keen on Wrath, it's got to be said. Um, yeah, that's I, interesting. I really yeah, like good. Set to Fail. It's, it, that, um, that album's a lot like thrashier, I think, and I, I really sort of like that sound. Oh, there's a song, um, I think it's called Choke Sermon. 
has like one of the best solos in any Lamb of God album. Mm. Um, it's very good, um, and I really like. Um, I pretty much like most of their catalogue. Yeah, As Ballas's yeah. Burn's really they're, good. They're pretty solid, it's got to be said. I've got. Yeah. Only, I think the only thing I owned actually is the Hourglass box set, which is like almost like a best of collection and also some rarities. And yeah, when it gets to like the set to the set to fail and all the wrath stuff, I'm just like, oh god, yes, I'm going to wreck <laughs> they, everything. Um, <laughs> they um, they're only. Resolution is not quite as good as the others, but it does have a song called Ghost Walking that's exceptional. So, mm. something to enjoy in any of their albums, really. Yeah, um, totally. That's my first choice. Second one is a, a, a groove metal classic, which is uh, Cowboys from Hell by Pantera. Oh. Now, Pantera are not a band I would be a massive fan of. Um, okay. Probably because whenever we went to the metal club, we'll be in Edinburgh every Sunday. They would play Walk, and I got a bit sick of it. Um, <laughs> but I think Cowboys from Hell is probably their best record and it's certainly one of the most influential metal albums of the early 90s mm-hmm. um you've got the title track cemetery gates um is probably dimebag daryl's uh best solo work yeah yeah so um i figured since there's a tie into dimebag there that that would be uh really good yeah choice. no it's i think it's i think it's pretty relevant i think pantera are definitely um quite influential towards um machine head definitely i think they they definitely share um a lot of similarities in their style and um i i, I mean it it would be, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if every member of machine head is a pantera fan to be honest with you oh, yeah <laughs> yeah well i think they are um yeah. i mean cowboys from hell marks the the transition from pantera into proper groove metal territory because mm. after that you've got albums like vulgar display of power far beyond driven yeah, driven yeah. being one that they mentioned on aesthetics of hate um, and then you've got the you know, the one with the rattlesnake in the box and other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's probably a good introduction to Pantera and Cowboys from Hell should earn its pride of place on your metal playlist. Uh, <laughs> or oh, I used to have my running playlist. It was always a good one. <laughs> good stuff. So um, as we no longer reveal what we're going to play next in case we pick something different, um, <laughs> it is our time to say goodbye. So thank you very much for listening. Um, if you would like to talk to us, stalk us or otherwise interact with us um best thing to do is to follow us on twitter we're at cast iron show you can go to our website at castironshow.co.uk um you can also find some of my metal writing at split-screen.net and you can find lewis's writing at uk scum scene and i forget the url for that uk scum scene.wordpress.com there you go thanks no worries yes you saved me um (laughs) most important thing you can do is to rate and review or like like and subscribe but um (laughs) yeah we want you to rate and review it on itunes because that's really important for spreading the the word of cast iron and our message of metal harmony throughout the galaxy hopefully in more eloquent words than the lyrics to the song slanderous (laughs) so if you like what we do share it with your friends um write us a review on itunes that'd be awesome excellent stuff Okay, so uh, on that note, we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) 